Well, good morning, church. My name is Tim Power. I'm pastor of Modern Worship here. I want to welcome you uh, to the third week in our sermon series, At the Movies. At the Movies. And we've had a lot of fun. Uh, Here's the big point of this sermon series. We want to get across to everybody the point that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, that God is always speaking. Can you turn to somebody close to you and say, God is always speaking? Do you believe it? God really is always speaking. And here's the idea, is that God can speak to us in a variety of ways. All the time on Sunday mornings, we're coming here and we're reading scriptures and we are singing hymns together, songs together, and then uh, we're hearing sermons. And these are ways that God speaks, but you know, God can speak to you in conversations with the people around you. And God can even speak in the stories that you take in, in the movies that you see. And a lot of times we can get some really profound messages and, and sometimes they go over our heads. We don't think about the spiritual implications of some of the things we hear all the time. And so this is one of the points we wanted to make. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at some movies. The first week, we looked at The Greatest Showman. And we were talking about, uh, Pastor Terry shared this sermon on how God is calling us to live lives to focus on what really matters. And last week, we talked about uh, one of my favorite movies, Inside Out. And we talked about that. Uh, and what the big takeaway for me from that was that, you know what, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not always be okay, that God has created you the way he's created you for a purpose, and that we should live into that sometimes, especially in community and connect with one another. And this week, we are talking about Black Panther. Who has seen Black Panther? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you guys have. So this is, I mean, a hugely successful movie, one of the, the highest grossing movies of all time. And, and I just first off, I want to say, wow, what a cultural phenomenon that this movie was and important in, in a lot of ways, other than just being an amazing movie, which it is just an amazing movie. But culturally speaking, it, it spoke to something uh, in, a, in a way that not a lot of superheroes have. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that this is a movie movie with an almost all-black cast. It was a pretty amazing thing. And, and you know, I, I'll say this, you know, you see a lot of superhero movies, Avenger movies, and things like that, and sometimes certain people aren't all that represented, right? And so this was one of those movies where, where I think so, some, some young children of color probably for the first time saw a hero, a superhero, that looked something like them. And that's a pretty powerful thing. Well, why is that a powerful thing? Well, well there, there's this phrase that I've heard uh, said before that, that you can't be what you can't see. Have you ever heard that before? That you cannot be what you cannot see. And so if you've never seen somebody who looks like you doing something, then that's, that's kind of hard. So there's, there's this main character in the movie Black Panther, uh, T'Challa, and, and he is the Black Panther. And wow, what an amazing thing for some young people, somebody who looks like them is the hero of the movie. Not only the hero, not only the superhero, but also the king of a nation. Pretty powerful thing to some people. And also one of my favorite characters is Shuri. Um, I'm, am I saying that right? I, I, I have a tendency to mispronounce things. So, so Shuri is one of my favorite characters. She, she's this girl that is 
just uh, think about Elon Musk and think about Steve Jobs rolled into one person and she's only 16. So she is really, really amazing. So I think that, that on one level, this movie speaks to people because it, it's just people that look like them doing things that they would love to be able to do. And so that's one of those amazing things about this movie. But it goes deeper than that. It's a really powerful movie that, that has an amazing message, an amazing message about what you do with what has been given to you. What you do with what has been given to you. Now, if you know a little bit about the, the story, um, wh where do they live in Black Panther? Where, what is the nation that they are part of? Wakanda. Wakanda. One of the interesting things about this superhero story particularly is that uh, it's not just about one hero. It's about this nation, and it's led by the hero T'Challa, and who, who is the Black Panther in this movie. Now, we, we learn all about the power that Wakanda has, the power that they have. Um, I, I, I was thinking about this a lot, and this we've all played this game with our friends when we were little. Do you ever think about what superhero power you would like? If you could choose any superhero power, what superhero power would you like? I want you to turn to the person next to you and spend the next, let's say, 25 minutes talking about this. Well, actually, just about the text, 10 seconds. How about that? Some of you were like, yes, finally. Okay, most of you have, have had your fill. I'm going to ask the nerds in the audience to cease and desist. Just calm down. You can make a Facebook post about it later if you really need to share more details. Um, well, here, here's maybe to me a little bit even more profound thought is, is how would you actually use your powers if you had these powers, these amazing powers like these guys in the superhero movies, how would you actually use them? Um, a, a couple weeks ago, I was watching a movie with one of my sons. We have three. I, I, I think it's three sons now. And uh, it's definitely in the, the lower single digits. But So we, we have three sons, and so I was watching a movie with one of them. It's a little art house movie you probably never heard of called Star Wars. So we're watching Star Wars together, and he's laying there, and, and he goes, I mean, we're just, it, these movies are just amazing, right? Every single Star Wars movie, amazing. And uh, he's laying back, and he's, he's sitting there, and he says, Dad, I really wish. Now, I, I know they're not superhero movies, but go with me. Go, go with me on this terrible illustration. So he's laying back, and he goes, Dad, I really, I really wish I had the power of the Force. And I thought, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been there. I, I would, yeah, you, could, you could save the day. You could, you could help, help uh, overcome evil. And then I said, well, what would you do if you had the force? And he goes, I'm really hungry right now. But I don't want to get up and get food because the potato chips are on top of the fridge in the other room. And if I had the force, I could just put out my hand and the potato chips would be in my hand. And he was like, actually, I wouldn't even have to put on my hand. The, the force would just bring them to my mouth and pour them in my mouth and actually make my jaws chew the potato chips. And I said, you would probably be the first morbidly obese Jedi. 
But that's how he would use the power. And it made me think about this, this idea that we, we, we sometimes wish we had these abilities, like these superheroes. But, but sometimes, have you ever thought about what would you actually do with the power? Would, would you actually do what these superheroes in the movies do? Would you do the right thing? Would you do the useful thing with what you've been given? So there's a scripture uh, uh, that I want to talk about. There's a parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25, and this is a little bit about what we do with what God has given us. So I'm going to start here in uh, verse 14 of Matthew 25. It says this, and Jesus, by the way, in this, in this parable, he's telling stories to his disciples to try to get them to understand what the kingdom of God is like, what the kingdom of God is like. He says this, it's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000. To another, 2000 To a third, 1000 Depending on their abilities, then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The, ser the servant with the 2000 showed how he also had doubled the master's investment. His master commended him, good work, do your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant, uh, the servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's, a criminal, uh, it's criminal to live cautiously like that. I love that line. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done was, uh, the least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to one who risked the most and get rid of the play, uh, the play it safe who don't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Now, it, in some translations, it says, throw them out to where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Pretty dramatic language, right? So, so this scripture is, is really interesting. And, and here's a little context. So Jesus had prophesied to his disciples that he was going to be leaving. He was going to be leaving and that later he would return, okay? And that is a return that we're still waiting for. So he was telling them about how he would die. He would die on a cross, that he would be raised again on the third day for our salvation, and then he would ascend into heaven, and he said, but I will come back. And they're saying, well, well, when? At first, they ask him, we want a date. Can you give us a date? And so then they want to know the signs. Can you give us some signs? What's it going to look like so we'll be ready? So we'll be ready. Um, th this, to me, reminds me of the idea of, 
of like, if you're asking your boss, so when are you coming back to the office? Like, like can you give us a call when you're going to be back? Just so we know. Because they're, it's almost like they're, they're asking leading questions because they want to know how to live their lives up to that point. And so what Jesus does is he actually gives them some really interesting direction in the way of some parables. And the parables all basically add up to this, and this is my, my very layman's terms way of explaining, but Jesus is basically telling them, don't waste your life. I'm coming back, don't waste your life. I read a book with that title one time. It was a really good book by uh, a pastor named John Piper, and it was just about not wasting your life because we can get really into our own habits, our own routines, but we have been given gifts, and God doesn't want us to waste our lives. I was reading about a study that was done a couple of years back at a university, and what they, were, what they did was they talked to a wide swath of people, thousands of people, and it was specifically about regrets. Your regr regrets. Anybody have any regrets? Not a one. Wow. No, a couple people have regrets. And they were asking people of all ages. And so there was a lot of folks that, that had lived a lot of years, logged a lot of miles. And this was the interesting conclusion that they came to in this article was they said that, that in short term, in the short term, people regret the things that they did. Okay? They regret the things that they did. Maybe four hot dogs was too much in one sitting. You regret the things that you do in the short term. But here's the really interesting thing. In the long term, you regret the things you didn't do. You regret the things that you didn't do. And what, what he's saying here is don't waste your life. There are so many things that have been given to you. Don't waste your life. I think this is really interesting if we think about the story of this movie, Black Panther that there was something that, that was kind of special that was given to Wakanda, wasn't it? Do you remember the, the name of the, the, uh, the, the special thing that's given to them? It's uh, the most powerful substance known to man. Anybody remember? Vibranium. Vibranium. And it's, it's this special thing. And here's the thing. What they want to do, because it's so powerful and it means so much to them, they want to hide it away so that the world can't take it away from them. They, they know how powerful it is, and they know that it could also be, in the wrong hands, misused, right? It's such a powerful thing that they know that it could be misused in the wrong place. And the, the, really, the story is about how they're learning that really their proper place is not to hold it in, not to bury it, but actually to give it away to give it away. I want to share this. This is a really amazing quote uh, by, by a pastor I really respect named Andy Stanley. He says this, the value of your life is determined by how much of it you give away. The value of your life is determined by how much of it you give away. Now think back about this story. I think it's really, really interesting. The master Okay, and in this case, the master is supposed to represent God. The master gives something to these, these people, and they're supposed to invest it. He gives it to three of his servants to do something with it, right? A couple of quick observations that I think are really important about this. The master, when he gives these things, when he gives these resources over to the servants, is it for them? Is it for them? 
No, it's actually for the master. That means the, the gifts that are given over, the resources that have been given to us are not for our use. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, they're for the kingdom. They're for kingdom purposes. Your resources, everything that you have is for kingdom purposes. It's for what God wants to make happen in this world. Now, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. Well, what's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where what God wants to happen is happening. Is that simple enough? Where what God wants to happen is happening. And so we, we can look all around us today and see where the kingdom of God is not there, right? When we're seeing mass shootings, we are not seeing the kingdom of God. When we are seeing racism, we are not seeing the kingdom of God. When we are seeing unholiness, we are not seeing the kingdom of God. And what we're, what we're seeing here is God's saying, make an investment in what really counts with your resources. Because in the end, the value of your life is determined by how much of it you give away. So I want you to think just for a second. You've got to do some thinking with me. I want you to think about your resources. What are my resources? Most of our resources fall into a couple places. Our possessions. That means your money, your property, your investments. It also, and this might be sad news to some people, this means your debts. Because God cares as much about your, how you deal with your debts as he does with your wealth. So, so what you're doing with your possessions, and what you possess is also your abilities, your intellect, what you bring to the table. It also means this, your influence. We all have a sphere of influence. What is your sphere of influence? That is where God's saying, don't waste that time. You have a, a sphere of influence. And the third one, we don't think about it all the time, although uh, Sean says this all the time to me, uh, time. Time is that one resource that you can never get more of, right? It's that one resource that you cannot get any more of. So as I said earlier, we, we, the, our resources that we are given by God, we're not to waste these things. But here's what's really interesting to me. Let's think about the third guy, because that's really the focal point of this parable. The third guy. So he is given an amount to invest. And what does he do? He buries it. He buries it. Here's what's really fascinating to me. The master, when he returns, he is less concerned about the result of the investment. He is more concerned about the heart of the investor. He's more concerned about what wasn't done. I think that that's really, really interesting, is that God is more concerned about what you're actually doing. What are you doing with what has been given to you? you. Now, in the movie uh, Black Panther, one of the, as I said, it's the journey from here to there. It's the journey from thinking we've got to hold on to this. We've got to bury this. We have to keep this hidden for us to an opening up to the place where they want to share it with the world. And, and we're going to watch a scene in a second here where T'Challa and his sister are talking about what that's going to look like. So we see the journey that they've taken from the beginning of the movie. They were given something really, really powerful. Really, really powerful, but it wasn't just for them. And, and I think some of us need to hear that today. That you have been given 
something really powerful in every resource that has been given to you. Don't waste your life. I want to read this again. The value of your life is determined by what? By how much of it you give away. Now, this can be uh, an interesting thought to think about one time and then we get on to the rest of our day. I know, I know with our family, things have gotten crazy. We're back to school. It's, it's suddenly everything's in overdrive. It's sometimes hard to get back to these things, these, these practices we want to follow in our daily life. I'm going to give you a prayer. and I'm going to invite the band back up to the stage while I, while I share this prayer with you. Uh, when Roger Ross was here over the summer, uh, he helped uh, fill in preaching a couple of times when Pastor Terry was out. He gave me a prayer that I found really powerful. It's extremely short. And I don't know, who here has ever tried that thing where you say, I'm going to get up every morning and pray. I'm going to start the day with a prayer, right? And how long does it last? Some people maybe are really disciplined about it. You keep it going. But sometimes when you, when you make these big uh, resolutions like that, you last a couple weeks and then you fall off. This is a very simple prayer. And I try to pray this every morning. When I get out of bed, I hold my hands up like this, and that's, that's the, you, when you see people in church and they hold up their hands or something, to try, don't let it trip you up. For me, it just means this. I want to hold my hands up as an act of surrender. I'm, I'm opening my hands to let go of what I need to let go of, and I'm opening my hands to receive from God what he's giving me today. But so I open my hands in the morning, and I just say this. Use me. Can we say that together? Can we just lift up your hands and try this with me? Use me. Try it one more time. Use me. Use my resources, God. Use everything I have, all of my possessions, God. Use my time. Use my influence in a way where you can build your kingdom. You have to know that you have something powerful on the inside of you. And God doesn't want you to waste it. God doesn't want you to hide it away. In one of the translations, when, when the master comes back, every time when, it, when it's invested wisely, the master says this. He says that you have been a good and faithful servant. Can we be good and faithful servants with what God has given us, with our possessions, with our talents, with our time, with our influence? You have amazing power in your hands, and God wants to, you to use it in a powerful way. Can you stand to your feet? We're going to pray, and then we're going to sing a song that will just uh, help us to, to, to frame this and to continue praising God into this thought. Lord God, we come here today, and we thank you for what you've given us. We thank you that you have trusted us with so many things, with resources, with the talents that we have, with the minds that we have. God, don't let us waste these things. Don't let us hide these things away, but God, we pray, use us. When we're in the workplace, God, use us. When we're at school, we say, God, use us. When we see someone who is hurting, when we see somebody who's crying, we say, God, use us. When we see injustice, God, use us. Help us to take what we have, God. Don't let us bury it, God. Help us be good and faithful servants with everything you have given us. Lord God, we want our lives to count by how much of our lives we're giving away. We pray again, Lord God, use us for your kingdom. 
use us for your kingdom. Amen.